UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have back with me today a good friend. She's been on my show multiple times. Um, she's a contactee of the Galactic Federation. I have with me Elena Denan. And today we're going to be getting deep into her book, The Cedars, which if you guys haven't seen yet, it's amazing. It's 600 pages full of, of, of amazing information. And you can tell that this this information is is from the stars like it's it's a gift from the stars like that her, her previous book says like the information is so packed with knowledge that you from the history of the anunnaki to the hive mind of the grays to the council of nine and whoever they are you you guys got to check this out but we're going to get deep into it today and just more about my guest elena denan is an archaeologist who spent many years working on diverse sites in egypt as well as in france studying neolithic and pre-celtic cultures hereditary shaman from the vulva tradition she also studied pagan spiritualities magic and alchemy and was trained and ordained as a certified druidist extraterrestrial contactee since childhood elena denan became an emissary for the galactic federation of worlds her best sellers a gift from the stars and we will never let you down have marked our times and inspired millions of people and i want to give her a big welcome to the show elena thank you for coming back on how are you i'm i'm great robert thank you for having me on again we have so much fun each time <laughs> yeah so uh, let's get deep into the cedars this yeah. is an amazing book um can you talk about who the cedars are and who the intergalactic confederation is the cedars are a group of 24 cultures in fact it's a group of scientists from 24 different intergalactic cultures and this group is part is a cell of the intergalactic confederation which is like the galactic federation but at a scale of galaxies you know so they they gather advanced species advanced cultures i mean uh, and that's what they are and, and is anki now part of the cedars would you say he's like or no no no, no, no. Anki is is the, the, the Anunnaki are part of this galaxy, our galaxy. They are not part of an intergalactic culture, so they belong to Nataru. They they are a, a group on their own. They are part of nothing, but they they are just to this galaxy. So they are not with the cedars, although they are very good with genetics. I, that that's what I found, I, and in your book, I find it interesting that like you talk about like where. Like before we were, before the Anunnaki came and tinkered with our DNA, like we had already been messed around with by the, the, the cedars, right? Like the cedars yes. had already uh, genetically modified us. And then the Anunnaki did a second DNA genetic. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Well, in fact, um, someone found earth before the cedars, what we call the cedars. Uh, it was a group of reptilians. 
and they started terraform the planet for reptilian species. They wanted to to have this world, but the cedars came and they say, hey, no, you you stop that straight away, and uh, we are going to favor all the other life forms on this planet and also the reptile repti- reptiles, but all in balance. So there was a big big uh, war, and the cedars, well. The Intergalactic Confederation, this group, they um, they put their all their um, their attention on developing, helping to the the, hum, uh, the human to develop because human wasn't maybe meant to develop on this planet, so they helped it, and it's what that's what they do. They spread life, and they they help creation to to multiply life. They help the diversity and they are guided by what they call a higher management, which is called the nine. The nine, it's something that there's nothing higher than them. They are, how do we say, the nine aspect of source. They are very mysterious. Uh, I describe them as as plasmic supraconsciousnesses. They are like one, but nine at the same time. So, uh, okay. yes. And so, yeah. I, I, you want me to go back to, to the earth cedars and then the Anunnaki came and they didn't know there was an experiment going on because the cedars, you know, they were manipulating DNA and then they were going away for hundreds of thousands of years and then coming back, see how the, the experiment was going. But in the meantime, the Anunnaki found Earth and he went, oh, wow, that's great. Oh, so many, so many, so many resources there. We are going to, to mine. There's no, no one, only primitive life forms. Let's do that. And we know the story. Yeah, yeah. They, they came and they with the Ajiji. I always wondered who the Ajiji were. Do you think they were, might have been some like, like weird extraterrestrial race that we don't know about? Or? They, they, of what I know, they brought the Ajiji with them. Yeah. And they were reptiloids, a race of reptiloids. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what? I think what people will find interesting in your book is like, it, I think the picture that, that you, you have of an Anunnaki is a little bit different than what we're used to because but it's not completely. It's like it's like maybe they can shapeshift. That's what I'd like to get your opinion on because um, I, if you, I, 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 I thought that the gods copied each other, uh, you know, because you see, see like, like I thought Enlil was Zeus, okay, and then you see like a picture of Zeus, and he looks like some masculine human, but like, but, but the way you describe that and the Anunnaki is they're more of like a gray and a serious mix, right? Is it they're like more of an alien looking race? Is was that true? Yes, but you mentioned Zeus, which is very good because Zeus was known to shapeshift. That's amazing. To seduce, to sh- seduce females. And shape-shifting is typical reptiloid. Only the reptiloids can really shape-shift. Um, in the Anunnaki, you had two trends. You had a more reptiloid trends, which was the Enlil genetics. And you had a more human and gray genetics, more more human uh, prominent it was the Enki line you know um, they had different uh, they mixed with different races the, the, the fathers you know and uh, so Zeus yes Zeus was supposed to be Enlil yeah now let me ask you this um oh where was I going with that uh the Anunnaki um what, what do you think about the Sumerian kings list and do you think that that gives us evidence of them them being here and uh 
does it tie into the Egyptians at all from your research? The the Sumerian king list matches uh, nearly copy paste the story of the Zeptepi period. The Egyptian uh, uh, records it says exactly the same thing that the gods, a race of gods from the heavens, was were ruling upon earth and they were living very long, like thousands of years, and then they hybridize with humans they create a race of giants and these people lived also very long uh, several hundreds of years some some maybe a, a thousand and then the hybrids left the custody of the land of these areas in the world uh, to normal human kings but still these human kings had an incredible lifespan and when you look at the different traditions, look in the the, the Hebraic, Hebraic tradition, the patriarchs, they live for hundreds of years. And that's weird. And along the whole list, you, you don't, in a list, you don't change suddenly the, the scale for counting time because some people say, oh, they change halfway. Why would you do that? You know, I got um, a question in the in the tablets. It says I think it's in the Atrahasis, the the one that's the one after the new militia. I always read the new militia, the Atrahasis, and the Epic of Gilgamesh. But like in the Atrahasis, I think there's some point where Enlil says to Anki, "Man's life will be no more than 120 years." This is yes. after the flood, right? So after the I, flood, I wonder if they did like a DNA tinkering to uh, reduce our lifespan. Do you think? Yes, as long as Enki had a bit of power on Earth, he was main, trying to save the human species and, and preserve it. It, it. it was terrible conflict all the time with, with Enlil, who was a military chief who wanted to keep human race enslaved and, you know, dumb. So after the flood, the great flood, Enki just lost all power on Earth and he left. He left, he left. He was in Atlantis, his last uh, place where he was on Earth, and he left. And when he left, Enlil and his faction had all, all they could do everything they want on Earth, you know, and they genetically uh, had altered even more the human genome to uh, bring the, the human lifespan to uh, less than a hundred years, then we don't have the time to develop our wisdom, our knowledge, to learn, and we stay, you know, like this. Dumbed down, entrapped in yeah. maybe a reincarnation cycle, maybe. Yeah, you yeah. don't know That's, that as well. Yeah. But I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, but Enki saw potential in the human race, and yes. it's interesting because we have like that Enki's like serpent knowledge, which you talk about in your book. You talk about the Kundushis and the Kundalini energy, all the snake, the serpent, right? It seemed like that was An Enki's symbol. Yes, yes, and um, the symbol of Enlil was the eagle. Yes. And uh, yes. And uh, you see now in the, um, you, you can see all the countries on earth where you have an eagle as a symbol that crushes a serpent. You can be sure that behind there is a dark government where I, a dark line of Enlil is behind. Anyway, yes, the serpent was uh, the symbol uh, representing uh, Enki and also what he was doing. Enki was a geneticist. He was also associated with the water, the waters of the creation, the waters of the womb. You know, that's gen geneticist, genetics. 
the serpent. What? Why the serpent? The serpent, and I make the difference with snake. Snake, it's the animal. The serpent can be a telluric current, can be a snake, it can be a sorry, a dragon, it can be the kundalini. It's something that's this serpentine. It's an energy. So it's it's the human energy, it's the and it's also the strands of DNA. The two serpents the caduceus. like this, the caduceus, and the the wings, it's the pineal gland opening. I okay. love that. When I when yeah. I first heard that, I thought that was amazing knowledge, right? Mm. I mean, because like, it's like hidden, but it's also in plain sight because it's everywhere. It's on our um, hospital symbols, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Symbol of medicine, yeah. and you and the the whole story has been reversed, of course, by the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, everything has been turned upside down. Let's yeah. talk about Adam and Eve. The tree of knowledge, the serpent, the apple, you know, and that's what it is about. Um, the, in the Eden, and Eden, in fact, is, a, is an alien word, word that means biodome. They call them their biodomes, uh, Edens. Interesting. Uh, so there was an Eden, a biodome on probably the Nibiru ship, because it's a ship, it's not a planet. Oh, thing. I didn't even thought of that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not a planet. That's what's it, anyway. Um, and and Ki had when Enlil asked him, commanded him to alter human DNA to to perf- increase the performance of these prim- primates that were there. You know, because they use Enlil wanted to use the primates as slaves. So he said to Enki. I order you to uh, to hybridize them and make of them make them stronger for the work workforce. And when Enki started to mingle with the genetics, he discovered that oh my god, the potential! These 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 primates are not primates; they are the result of an experiment involving different intergalactic uh, genetics. It's absolutely incredible. So he said nothing, and he in secret he he created. Um, after experiments, Adam, you know, the, the perfect human with all this potential. And he created a female for him, created engineered, you know, genetics. And he activated them. He activated their DNA potential. That's the tree of life, the shamanic tree of life. It's a DNA. So the serpent in the tree of life, it's the DNA that was activated. And when that is activated... Boom, you access the knowledge of the universe. You are connected. You are plugged into the universe. You become an aerial. Our DNA, when it is activated, it's an aerial. All the chromosomes have little vortex, vortex inside, vortices inside. Anyway, and, and Key did that. And the humans suddenly realized who they were. They had all that potential. And Enlil heard about that. And he cast these humans out of the Eden. That's the story. That's that's interesting. And do you do you agree with like that like after you know like well Enki also obviously had kids and one of his kids like we think was Ningshida, which who could also be thought. 
you know, yes. and Thoth carried on the serpent knowledge because if you follow yes. the story, it says that Thoth was in Egypt and he got into an argument with Marduk. So he left. And then we think that he might have went to Mesoamerica. And that's where yes. we pick up the serpent knowledge because on the on the El Castillo or El Kukukon, the, the pyramid, well, on the on the spring equinox, the serpent goes down the pyramid. Do you know what I'm talking? So yes. it's like this serpent knowledge went around the world, right? Yes. In fact, yes, um, that's a great story. Uh, the it's the Atlantean priest. It, there was an elite of Anunnaki in Atlantis who were working with the Altians, the, the, some of the cedars anyway. They, when the, the, the flood was about to happen, they went, there was a big war, they went either side of the, the ocean to hide the, hide the knowledge in secret halls of records. Ngishida was a geneticist who went to the Americas he was also known in Egypt as Jehuti, that we uh, translate as Thoth in, in, in modern language. That's so it cool. was Jehuti. And in Ingishida is known in the Americas, especially the mid, Middle America and the South, as Quetzalcoatl, Kukulkan, uh, Viracocha. And he, we, we didn't know what happened to him until um, JP, uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Salas, um, U.S. Army contact, went for a mission under Florida and he met with the ant people, ant people under Florida. And they had this giant in stasis and uh, with a tree, with an incredible tree of life. So Michael Salah asked me, well, I actually visited Michael Sala and we were actually visiting a cave in Tennessee and we were having this conversation and he said to me, um, could you ask Thorhan if he could tell us about this this giant, uh, if he knows the name, if he knows who it is, if he can say something. And I had the connection and, and Thorhan said, oh, of course, he was a scientist from Atlantis who migrated to the Americas to um give preserve a certain knowledge and he was known also in egypt etc he said that and um i said you have a name and he i heard something like nigishda nigishda okay i said to michael nigishda he said okay okay we went back home and we would look on the internet ningish zida oh my god and his name means vine and the guardian of the good tree and his thought, and uh, JP described the, the roots of the tree like vines, and I went, I saw the word vine in <laughs> so, confirmations, right? Confirmations, incredible, and all fell two, 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 two. And then we went to this conference in Orlando uh, last October, and uh, Mayan shaman Kedzasha was there, and he was talking about a. Uh, uh, Quetzalcoatl sleeping under Florida and he was awakening and we did a ritual actually to 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 awaken him 
Oh, that's a whole story. You you need to watch Michael Salat channel. He has all the the, the reports I, I, I and the videos. I follow him. I think his stuff's good. Like you know, I I I, I love I love the shows you guys do together, and I he gets some really good guests on there too. I I love talking. But we, we you talked about. I think you mentioned Cave, and that made me think of my next question. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Hyperborea because I I had a girl on my show. She she covered Hyperborea, and I wanted to see what was up with that and its connection to Atlantis. Like, because mm. I know you have some information on that. Hyperborea, I love Hyperborea. It was the times of time of legends. You know, when you see all these movies like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings, it's it was like this. When the inner the, the people who are now in inner earth weren't yet. They were living among humans in the same density. And it was lands of uh, cultures of magic and it was like like you see in the, in, in the movie that are a reminiscence of this time. So Hyperborea was very widespread um, a culture in the northern Europe, uh, not super north because you had the ice cap that was coming quite down. But I say, I would say yes, um, the whole of Europe and a bit of Russia, um, a bit south. Hyperborea, yes, um, and it was, uh, it was older than Atlantis and then it was contemporary of Atlantis and um, it just scattered uh, just before Atlantis uh, reached an apogee and uh, crumbled as we know. Hyperborea, yes, they had a lot of um, commercial links with Atlantis. Yes, they had colonies there. Were those like the Viking people, would you say? Is that, was that what, what, what were they the precursors of the Viking people? Yeah, you can say the precursors, yes. The precursors, yes, yes. Yeah, and 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 uh, did they fall like Atlantis fell, or do we know even? Did they kind of just disappear? They disappeared slowly due to wars, conflicts. They were an ancient culture, you know, and uh, cultures have cycles. You know, they rarely last forever. So at one stage, you have a, a cycle of decay. Yeah, that's so interesting. Now, um, is it true that you said that the Anunnaki are a mix of the Nebu and the Sirius B genetic makeup? Or can you get into that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so um, you have a, it, it's quite it's very complex because you have different branches. Uh, you have a branch of Anunnaki who are uh, mixed a hybridization between Nebu greys and Sirius uh, Sirius B humanoids. That's that's a, a root race, and these ones uh, establish themselves on on in the Sirius B system. So that's why this branch of Anunnaki can also be called the Syrians by some uh, records. Uh, you know, f- people from Sirius B, uh, and also you. So uh, they migrated when the Orion Wars ha- occurred. They left and they shifted into a parallel dimension. And they operate from there now. But you have also a branch of Anunnaki that these ones who hybridized with reptilians. And that would be the Andy line. And this is the that's wh- why we have also the reptilian genome in the Anunnaki. Now, and do we ever, 
sorry, I'm sorry. Go no, no, yeah, there's another branch as well who went to Aldebaran, but um, oh yeah. my god, that, that, so now is because I was going to say, where does the human race come from? I mean, were we primates or do we come from Lyra and do you follow that whole Lyra Wars thing? I don't know if we ever talked about that. Do you, do you know, what human, I'm human genome was first seeded in the Lyra constellation in this galaxy, okay. And then Earth, it was afterwards. But then you had, when the Lyran Wars occurred, uh, uh, people, humans from Lyra migrated all over the galaxy, well, the, the, the neighboring star systems, and also to Earth. So you had an influx of people, humans from the Lyran systems as well, but later. So it was enforcing the human genome. That's so interesting. Um, now, who were the nine ruling gods and what is the meaning behind the nine? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, so the nine ruling gods, you find this uh, in Egypt. In Egypt, you have the pyramid text where they say that there was nine gods, the Enead, that were creating the world, the universe, and uh, etc. At the head of them was Ra. And then he had a series of other children and grandchildren, and the total is nine. This is very troubling. It was confusing to me before I got just the answer. Egypt was, um, the colony of Egypt was uh, founded by an Anunnaki colony uh, led by Marduk, uh, one of the sons of Enki that passed to the other side. And was he also Ra? Was right? Was he? Yes. Okay. It, it is assimilated to Ra, yes. Uh, it's a very long time ago. So, you know, uh, the, the Egyptian um, religion has mixed a bit and they, they lost it. Uh, so they, they think, they thought that there was these nine gods and these Anunnaki, there were nine. But in fact, the Anunnaki brought with them also the belief the knowledge that there was nine supraconsciousness that everyone knows about, um, and they, they were like acknowledging them. So there was a confusion between a lot of things. But to resume it, the, the, the Egyptian gods were at the start Anunnaki extraterrestrials. So, so, there, so in terms, of, I heard you say the Egyptians were like an offshoot of the Anunnaki. Yes, right. yes. And that is absolutely proved by archaeology. That, that's please. amazing. I, lo- I love please. when we have like confirmations like that. Um, oh, yeah. No but, doubt. No, let me ask you this. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the gray ETs, the hive mind and the reptilians. Yeah. Like, okay. I know we talked about that before, but I just wanted to bring it up real quick because where did they fit into the picture? I know they, they had a control over this planet for a while. And then there was like a contract in Antarctica signed or something like that, or or there was something worked out where they were supposed to leave. But when did they first start coming into our consciousness and and how they assimilated themselves here? And then what ended up happening? The greys, the Orion greys uh, have been coming and going, but quite lately regarding the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki, I think, already left. Well, um, Enki left. Uh, I think the greys really start to settle 
The Greys took advantage of great wars that occurred in this star system, especially with the reptilians and different factions. So they took advantage of them and they settled outposts in the asteroid belt, for instance, and a few other places in the star system. And they had a very big outpost in the Himalayas. The, the Intergalactic Confederation came back because they do that. They go, they come, they come, they go, they come, they go. They came back once and they just destroy them, destroy the Greys. They kick them out. They destroy the Himalayan outpost and they kick them out. Then the Greys came back a very long time afterwards. Um, it was in the 1940s. They, they, they decided to come back to Earth. And now, and this time, to have it. So that's all this, the, 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 the problem started. You had the Roswell crash, which was a Trojan horse. Uh, it, it was uh, set up by the Greys. Wait, 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 why do you say it was a Trojan horse? That's so interesting. Yes, Roswell, yes. To, to give technology and to make contact in okay. a peculiar way. Peculiar okay, way. yeah. So it was a trickery. Trickery, yes, to say, hey... There are greys, we are here, and we have technology. Look how how, uh, how awesome, awesome is this technology. And then the greys uh, plan to go further with that. Uh, the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Now we speak about that for the first time now. The Galactic Federation of Worlds was a young uh, federation that was uh, not very powerful at the time, but they had certain power. And they decide uh, to brave the Prime Directive and contact the, the Earth leaders in 1954 to say, hey, guys, the Greys are coming. They are coming for you. Do not sign. We do not recommend you sign anything with them because you will sign your doom and you will be doomed. So we please do not do that. You have the free choice, but we do not recommend. <laughs> okay. And um, they are, in exchange, we you can sign to be under our protection and we will give you technology. But you have to uh, cancel all your nuclear weapons and get rid of them. And then we will give you medical technology and everything to to make to help you grow. Well, you know what? Uh, President Eisenhower went with them. He signed something with the Galactic Federation, and that was the start of the secret space program. What we call later the secret space program. When Valthor came uh, later in the late nineteen uh, fifties, it was to just take care of that. But let's go back in 1954. Uh, a year later, the Greys arrive, as it was predicted. And Eisenhower said, no, 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 no way. But the NJ-12 signed with the Greys behind Eisenhower's back. At that time in 1955, the dark, deep government was already in place and they were already powerful. Imagine that Eisenhower tried to storm Area 51. He was the president of the United States. He couldn't. He couldn't. He was arrested there. Imagine how powerful this thing was already. Yeah, wow. So. It's, it's insane. Like, And, and the, I guess the Greys, that's when they started their abductions, right? Because in, yeah. in the that's 70s, it. 80s, and 90s, the abductions like pick up to like where it seems like 
massive amounts of people are getting abducted. Like it's like, I think, I think it's, that's like, I always say, Elena, I think that's like a real important time in our history because um, it, it kind of proves that there was, con- well, it proves that there was contact. And then also it was a really traumatic thing for a lot of people. And I don't think it gets acknowledged that much. All the abductions that kind of happened, you know what I mean? I've been there. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're an abductee. I'm sorry. I, I'm so, I know. You know you're an abductee. You know firsthand. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, and I, I feel for the millions, several millions of people, mainly women, that were abducted for hybridization because you know the greys they couldn't uh, just arrive take this world you could do it like this they would be in trouble with the galactic federation of worlds there would be war so what they could they did and they do that on all the worlds they they take they assimilate they breed themselves in that's the hybridization program. It was a, an invasion by the womb, as we say. And they did that. So there are already many people hybrids on Earth, but in, in certain society, you know, and they find they don't know they are hybrids and they, they, they have a normal life. But one day it was meant that all the hybrids would replace all the humans on Earth. And when everyone was ready, switch on, connect to the hive and assimilated boom we have the planet but wow. that won't happen now but were they were they working re- directly with the reptilians or were the reptilians in charge of the greys they are competitors normally but in some cases they ally together for common profit you know like yeah. earth although they have the there is something that is called the alliance of the six and in the alliance of the six, it's an alliance of interest. The Sikar reptilians are in there and the Nebu Greys are in there. So they have kind of sort of commercial um, trade agreements that, you know, they that works in it's, the case of Earth. It's so interesting. But then there, there was a, a contract signed in Antarctica, right, that said that they were supposed to be out of here, right? Or, mm. or, or not, or something like that, right? So, yes, uh, last year um, there was a meeting in Antarctica where uh, and, um, em- emissaries from the Intergalactic Confederation and the Co- Galactic Confederation and the Earth Alliance met the fi- uh, financial elites, human financial elites, and they offered them a deal. They said, OK, now, uh, I mean, y- y- you're lost. It's a matter of time. Uh, the monetary system is not going to work anymore because it's the corrupted ways so it's going to change to a new monetary system so either you're giving us the keys of the, this monetary system and all the spells and the, the bad rituals who have been put to keep it in place and bind people because it, it goes deeper than we think if you do that and you you help making the transition smooth you will be allowed to leave this world to go to a prison planet. If you do not cooperate, you stay here and you will be judged by the Earth people. Well, they have a few months and uh, these elites chose not to cooperate because they are who they are. So they will not, they will not go through the Antarctica portal. They stay here and 
the Federation said, well, good luck, guys, because that's not going to be fun for you now. Oh, gosh. So is it like a war now? Or is that yeah. what's... Wow. It, this is so exciting. It's so, so interesting. One thing I wanted to... You mentioned was... You mentioned magic. And and there's yeah. a, you have a couple chapters in your book dealing with magic. And I was really impressed in that because I, I love magic. One of your chapters is extraterrestrial magic. What is a spell? And then off-world magic. Can you get into that a little bit? The way kind of what you covered in your book? Because I, I think that's so interesting. What we call magic, in fact, in fact, is a science, a science uh, of manipulating the forces of the universe, the holographic reality. When you do not understand the science, it looks magical. So that's what I would call um, off-world magic. But also, it is a special way of practicing this, this alteration on reality. It's with rituals. You, they are going to cast circles. They are going to recite uh, spells that sound vibrations, chanting. They're going to invoke dark entities. They are going to do things like that. That that that's a branch of science that we call magic, which which is still uh, science in a way. Um, so they are very skilled. Um, this you have two cultures of extraterrestrials in this galaxy who are more skilled in magic than any witch or druid or sorcerer on earth these two different races are uh, the gyansar who are from uh, reptilians from del uh, sigma oops <laughs> my microphone is see can, I can you hear can you can hear me yes no, no, i can yeah uh, yeah, see, magical protection. I have magical protection. When I speak about certain things, poof. Um, so these guys come from Sigma Draconis, uh, and they they are very skilled in dark magic, black magic, and they work with the Satanists on Earth. Okay, is, is that where magic comes from? Does it come from the extraterrestrials? No, 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 no. Um, you have these ones, and th that's the dark magic and the Crowley. They he work. They work with the Crowley magic, yeah. and all the you know this uh, the, the really dark stuff. Uh, the Gansar. Then you have a type of Anunnaki who are the Enlil faction. These ones have really worked uh, at developing their skills in magic as well, the dark magic as well. So. And they are more powerful than any any magician on earth. They know they they know the secrets of the, the the universe, you know. So and magic, as I said, um, that's dark magic. That's um, regressive magic. Magic that is meant to destroy, bind, uh, you know, all these things. But then you have the light, positive side of magic. The magic of creation, of healing, of empowering, you know, the, the magic of the, the, the druids, uh, which I practice, um, protection, um, you know, things like that, light work. That's, so magic is, uh, uh, you know, it's like you would say science, you know, it's a tool, it's a tool. So then whoever uses the tool, then, you know, it's different. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I just want to go to some other some other stuff you have in your book. You have a, a I mean, this book is packed. If you guys haven't got this book, it's it's highly amazing. Um, you talk about activating bloodlines, uh, Maxes from Annex, the Council of Nine, the Council of Five. I'm just going through this uh, contact walking among us first contract. I'm seeing where you want to go with this. What about uh, the Martian affairs on Ganymede? What's that all about? Hmm. That that was a, that was a re- reunion, a meeting uh, last year. I was I I was in contact with Thorhan uh, and telepathically, while well, using my my device. But it's like a telepathic contact, but using technology. He was um, so when we can look through the eyes of each other. He was on on Ganymede, and I said, "Oh, well, you see, I'm on Ganymede in a in a meeting place and meeting a hall." And it was very dark. I could see through his eyes. It was very dark. And I said, uh, why is it dark? He said, because it's going to be a holographic meeting. Holographic meetings, uh, the, it's always dark environment for the holograms to be clear and visible. And, uh, you know, that's logical. Yeah, oh, yeah, I understand that. And he said, um, but this there will be a holographic uh, projections of people from the Intergalactic Confederation. And... Uh, because they don't have this technology, physical arrival of Martian people to assist this meeting and meet the holographic projection of the intergalactic confederation people. And uh, Martians, what is happening? Is and in fact, it was um, before uh, before new colonies were settled on Mars. You know, Mars had uh, been given back to the Martians, the reptilians, local reptilians and the insectoid people. And also the colons, the the human colonies also were were now also new Martians. So things had to be helped because uh, to to, to help the the locals to get on with each other and give them, offer them, uh, you know, assistance in how to deal with getting your planet back. So that was the meeting, what it was about. And it was a very important meeting. Now, I want to ask you a question. Are the Martians humanoid? Um, the only humans that are on Mars are humans from Earth. Oh, like a breakaway civilization. Yes, totally. Otherwise, the the local Martians are also colony colonies, way, way more ancient. Um, reptilians, humanoid reptilians, but they are nice. Well, that's interesting that I say that. Humanoid reptilians and insectoids, a lot of insectoids. You have also ant people. You have uh, insectoids that look like spiders. You have uh, insectoids looking like mantids. Uh, and there is a way more older species that we never speak really about. And these ones, I think I understood they are really endemic to Mars. They are really indigenous. It's worms. You know, like the movie Dune? Yeah. Well, that was Mars. <laughs> kind of. Yes, the, these big wor- worms, the, they are um, they're not very advanced um intelligence are different although they are more ancient they did they, they just stopped at one stage who they are but uh many many colons the breakaway civilization for instance uses has been using these warm people warm beings to slavery 
workforce to dig tunnels, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. Um, I wanted to ask you, one of my last questions for you is, I'm, I'm just going through a lot of the chapters in your book here. It's it's amazing. I'm, I, I'm looking, but uh, why are the cedars back right now in, in, in our consciousness? Like, why did the cedars return uh, after being away for so long? Because we have reached the stage in our evolution on Earth that we are taking our power back. We've succeeded. We still have work to do. It is the last straight, but we need to do it. But we are there. The war has been won in this star system, um, although they're still clearing to do on Earth. Reptilians have been chased. The greys have been chased. We are taking back our star system. The Earth Alliance is in control in the star system. And the Intergalactic Confederation is coming to assist in our graduation to now that we are ready by their own presence reactivate the ancient technologies that were left on earth and in this star system the arcs the holes of records all these ancient technologies they come and because we are about to be ready it's activating and it's going to give be given back to us which wouldn't have happened as long as the deep state was in power because uh -huh. um, as uh, Thorhan brothers told me you do not want another Atlantis do you yeah exactly I think that's I think that's very very intelligently said right because that, that's what I think we're heading towards as a society right yes Yes, and uh, yeah, the, the dark ones, they've tried, you know, the dark fleet, the Fourth Reich uh, Nazi in space. They tried everything they could to crack the DNA codes to use these technologies they found in Antarctica. They never could because there was a secret. Wow. They, something they couldn't have because they didn't know what it was. This is, wow, this is all so interesting. I don't have any other questions. I mean, I wanted to do a good job going over your book. I know there's what so there's so much more. This book is loaded with like information. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to cover before we finish up for tonight? Um, in this book, there is also uh, a lot of talk about um, finding who you are, where you come from, what is a planetary matrix, that as uh, something that you will discover and understand. Uh, there's a lot of archaeology also because I open my heart, naked heart, to tell my story in Egypt and what happened to me there, my dealings with Zahihawas, with the Freemasons. Um, I've been under the Sphinx. I've been under uh, the... Um, Sakara uh, Joser Pyramid I've been in few places I've seen stuff and I've also been in Hall of Records and other Sphinx and I'm talking about that as well wow yeah Oh. But this is this is amazing. Um, <laughs> you also get into real quick, just to let people know, you get into stuff like you talk about uh, the first contact with the nine black goo, Thorhan, uh, the U.S. Army personnel's UFO testimony, uh, magic like we got into. What is a prison planet? 
uh, Martian mm. resistance. I'm just going over a lot of this meeting. I described, yeah. I mean, I, I just go over. It, it's... I describe the councils, all the different councils, and I, I have been, uh, I have uh, attended uh, council meetings, and I describe them how it works. That's interesting as well. Yes, it's 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 seriously like jam packed with information. And by the way, guys, the artwork in this book is off the off the charts. Elena is the best artist. She's gonna hold it up now. If can you show them a picture or two from the book that you drew? Like, uh, I love I really love the picture of Eve or that you drew and uh and the the gray hive mind. I don't know if you can get the any pictures, but her, your drawings are amazing. Like, uh, yes, that, that's when you want and you don't find. Yes, uh, for instance, this one, that's drawings like this. Yes, it's a different quality from uh, the the first books. I uh, I put really more effort into it. Um, yeah, um, I that's that's when you want to find something, you don't find it. Uh, here we go. Here's one. I love that. That's amazing. Oh, wow. That's so well done. Is that what Thorhan looks like? No, that's an intergalactic confederation people. That's an Altian. Was visiting oh. Ardana, commander of the, the Excelsior, the battle station of the Federation. That's um, so cool. That is so yeah, cool. Eve is great. Oh, there. that's one. So I described the 24 seaters. So that's one of them. That's the, the kind of drawings. Wow. It's so cool. It's so cool to see what these beings look like. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure people wonder, people have to wonder, what do these beings look like? Well, you're showing it, right? You know, right? It, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, and uh, there's a race I was shown. It's the Ethereans, these ones. So that that, that, that has a story. Okay. Um, when Tony Rodriguez was describing to me the races he met on Sirius, uh, visitors, people who are coming to trade. He was describing these beings, and uh, I said, "I can't find. I, they look like the Kilitokert, like if they were related, but they are not really. I don't know. Well, they were not from this galaxy. That's why I couldn't recognize them because I was. I had been told at the time only people in this galaxy. When the cedars, when when I was given the twenty-four different races oh my god this one I went that looks like uh, what, what uh, Tony was describing so I drew it and I had his name Ethereum and I showed to him I sent him a screenshot and he went oh my god that's them that's them <laughs> so there's a story there's a lot of stories there's a lot of stories wow this is amazing well um if you could tell people well first of all thank you so much for doing this and uh I always love having you on the show and uh if you could tell everybody where they can find your website where they can find your book and and thank you again oh Robert thank you so much well my website elenadanan.org org. my books are at the page author otherwise you can find all my books on Amazon Barnes and Nobles and Google Play um and my youtube channel of course yeah and th th again thank you and i i had so much fun i love this thank you thank you robert have a good night you too